There were so many voices that uh, were a part of uh, uh, making this message happen, uh, people that uh, spoke into this, uh, the words of challenge and clarity, and, uh, and so uh, Don or Luke or Jim, uh, if you're out there or if you're listening, I really uh, appreciate you. Thank you so much for your words uh, and the challenge of this message. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you have ever been there, uh, but nothing says detour quite like those, uh, those obstacles in the road with white and orange stripes on them. Uh, you, you, you're heading somewhere, you know exactly where you want to go, and, and, and then right there in the middle of the road, there are those road barriers, right? Uh, last week in Omaha, on the Omaha uh, page, the Omaha webpage, there were, there were 65, 65 road projects happening in the Omaha area all at the same time. And some of them require that when you turned onto the street, uh, you were greeted warmly uh, by a sign that said, please use alternate route. The reality of the matter is that sometimes our life is like the roadways that we drive on. The fact of the matter is that sometimes life comes with detours. And this morning I want to talk to you about the detours that sometimes when our lives are with God, when we're journeying with Him, uh, when we're moving with Him, right? That sometimes our life finds detours. In, in fact, it seems like sometimes uh, when we do this journey with God, when we're working our lives in His direction, uh, that God seems to favor detours. Now by that, I don't mean to suggest that God is somehow a cosmic puppeteer who is pulling the strings of, uh, of, of every tragedy or illness or disaster that we come across. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say is that, that when we are with God, when we are where God wants us to be at point A, that we believe that God is going to bring us to point B. It just may not happen exactly how we anticipate it will. You see, there are often those times in life where we recognize that God is working with our freedoms, where He works with our desire to go and do something, a dream that we have, a plan, a vision that we, that we want to see happen in our lives, and God in all of His, His power and His sovereignty says, I want to join you in that. I want you to be with me at point A, and I will make sure that you come to point B. And there's that inner sense of conviction and confirmation that God is going to lead us to the destination, that we're going to go from point A to point B, that He is willing to bless this plan, this decision, that when we're with Him, where He is at point A, He will bring us to point B. And as far as we're concerned, all we have to do, right, is take out our smartphones, look at our Google map, our Google God map app, right, Plug in the coordinates and go from A to B. Simple, safe, easy. And then we start driving. Our phone is blurting out instructions and we get there. We can see the destination on the other side and yet there is a detour sign. And God says, I'm going to take you on the detour. Sometimes with God, when He is driving... The best route is a detour. Think about it this way. Maybe for you, point A 
is this childhood dream. You want to own your own business. You have grown up your entire life thinking about how this would happen. Uh, You have allowed that to percolate in your mind and in your heart uh, for literally decades. And now it seems to be a, a reality. Uh, it seems to be that, that, that there might be an opportunity come available for you to be able to do this thing that you've always wanted to do. And if you were going from point A to point B, it might look like this. You might find the absolutely best location that you could possibly find. I mean, it's right in the middle of everything. I, I mean, it, it's kind of like that person uh, at the convention that, that finds themselves right next to the bathroom, right? Everybody has to go by you. And everybody wants to stop. You have found the absolutely best location that you could possibly find. And you are ecstatic. Not only did you find the absolutely best location, you have the best people working with you. You have reliable employees, uh, people that you love and that love you. And this thing is really going well. In five years, you recognize that things are going so well that now you become your own branch. You can, you can, you can branch out from there. You're going to open up other locations, and, and you're going to get the kind of notoriety that you always dreamed would happen. If you were planning it, you would go from point A to point B. It would be simple. It would be straightforward. It would be clear. A to B. But if God is the one driving... Maybe you don't find a great location. Maybe you're in the basement still. Maybe you're still operating on a shoestring budget. Maybe there's not the notoriety that you thought you'd have by now, and you recognize that you're on a detour. Maybe for you, point B is marriage. And you recognize right now at point A that you're in what's called involuntary singleness. And you have prayed and you have prayed and you have prayed to God and you have dreamed about this and and it seems like like God is okay with you moving forward with this desire. Now all you need is the someone. You need someone to get married to. And so if you were orchestrating this whole plan, A to B, it, it would look like this. One day he shows up at your front door and he says, hello, my name is Prince Charming. And he takes you on his white horse, and he carries you away. You know, I mean, it's a very princess bride-like wedding, and everything goes wonderfully, A to B. You find him, you meet him, you marry him, A to B. Simple, straightforward. That's the plan. But the execution, well, It doesn't seem to look like sleepless in Seattle. It seems to look a little more like Friday night at Redbox and God's taking you on a detour. Maybe you're leading a mission trip to Nepal. Maybe you've taken a really long flight And you know the destination. You're going to go and and you're going to do some wonderful things. You're going to preach and you're going to teach. You're going to help the people in Nepal. Uh, And you have organized, you have orchestrated, you have prayed over every conceivable option. And then you get there. And the ground literally begins to shake. And you think, this wasn't in the plan. 
I didn't pray through this one. And somehow, God has taken you on a detour. Now you're not just short-term missionary. Now you're relief worker. Sometimes the best route that God has for us is a detour. And so that we can see that sometimes God thinks the best route to our final destination is a detour, I just, I just want to go into the Old Testament this morning. Uh, Exodus chapter 13. Now, some of you, as you're, you're turning in your Bibles, what you might be thinking is, I don't even know what point B is for me. I'm at point A, but I have no idea what point B looks like. I'm just on a detour. I'm just wandering around. For you, maybe there is no point B. And you're wondering, what do I do? And I want you to know that this text is for you. And maybe you're someone and you're trying to discern God's direction for your life. And you're saying, I, I, I think I know what plan B is, but I'm not really sure if this is God's detour or, or, or if this, this is the devil's distraction. And if that's you, then you need to know that this text is for you too. In all of this, we always want to ask the question, why? God, why the detour? Why the heartache? Why the lost time? Why are you doing this right now? Uh, we don't like detours. They're frustrating and they're maddening. And we also ask the question, how? God, how in the midst of the detour uh, are you going to sustain me? What's your plan for me? In Exodus chapter 13, Israel finds themselves in the middle of a detour. If you've turned there, second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. And he said, God will surely come to our aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire uh, to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. You see, Israel has just been delivered by God's power. Uh, the ten plagues have just happened. Uh, this, uh, this ruthless dictator, a pharaoh, who consistently just uh, tyrannized the people of Israel, finally relented, and by God's power let the people go. He said, fine, get out of here, go. And 400 years of tyranny had ended. Emancipation was happening, and, and there was a systematic, uh, well, a bunch of systematic refugees leaving the country of Egypt, two million strong, all at the same time, and they left in a hurry. They just went. 
400 years of tyranny had ended. I mean, nobody stopped to ask where they were going. It seemed clear where they were going. Uh, they had heard these, uh, these legends, these promises from God uh, that He was going to deliver them into this promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey where everything was going to be great. And so they knew we were going to go there. Point B was just over the river. Nobody stopped to ask where Taco Jones was. Nobody needed directions to the nearest Burger King. They just went. And here's how close they were. If you were to look at a map of where Israel was traveling as they exited, they were about a week away. Together, two million people. Uh, imagine a, a city the si twice the size of Omaha all traveling together for a week. In a week's time, they would get there. In a week's time, they would cross the river. They could be on the other side. Everything would be great. I mean, this is the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Uh, maybe you've seen uh, National Lampoon's Summer Vacation. It's Clark in the front seat, right? And he's driving and he's looking at his kids when his kids are moaning like, oh, I don't want to be here. And Clark is just saying, it's going to be great. The pool's going to be awesome. You're going to love the rides. You're never going to forget about this. It's just going to be just over the next ridge. And there it is, the glimmer on the other side. It's so close and everybody begins to celebrate. This is going to be the time. And then God takes Israel on a detour. I don't know if you recognize it in the text, but uh, the text says that God led them away, even though there was a shorter route. With God, sometimes the best route is a detour. I don't know if you have flown much. I don't know what your favorite airline is, but regardless of what your favorite airline might be, sometimes if you want to go from Omaha to San Diego, you find yourself in Atlanta to get there. It's kind of like that. You might get there, but it's not as direct as you'd like. The question all of us want to ask when we have a detour is why? Why? Why this? Why now? Why can't we just go over there? Why can't we just cross the river here? And the answer really is, is quite simple. God sometimes takes life on a detour because He recognizes what stands in our way. I just want you to, to hear the text, and I want you to see it clearly. Uh, the quickest route for, for Israel was destined for war. God seems to know something that Israel doesn't. They recognize only that they're about a week away. All they can see is the celebration on the other side, but God sees something else. Notice the end of verse 17. He says, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. If they face war. Now, we're not told who they might face war against, but it seems like God knows something that Israel doesn't know, that if they take the shortest route right now doing what they're doing, they're not going to make it. That instead of going to point B, instead of landing in the land of promise that God had promised forever and ever and ever, instead of going to that great place flowing with milk and honey, 
they were going to return back to slavery. For them, it wasn't going to be point B. It was going to be point A. And notice something else. The irony in this text is amazing. Look at the end of verse 18. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. They looked like an army. Isn't this great? I mean, Israel might even think themselves that they are ready to handle whatever comes at them. There they, there they go. They're two million strong. They look like an army, but God knows better. If they were to face any real opposition, they're not going to make the finish line. Sometimes the reason that we face detour is because God knows what stands in our way. Now, I want you to lean in. I want you to hear this very clearly. Detours are not God's cosmic joke. They're not His cruelty. They're not God's discipline on you because you sinned last night. They're not God's discipline on you because you sinned last week or last month or last year or that you still struggle with sin as you sit here this morning. Uh, this is not God's discipline upon you. You have to understand detours are God's grace. Detours are God's gift to you. They're His favor upon you. They're His blessing so that you have an opportunity to make sure that you reach point B. If you want to get to the finish line, sometimes you've got to recognize uh, that God's looking out for you and this is a grace that you get to finish. You need to know that detours in the desert are places where God shows Himself to be trustworthy where consistently God shows up and says, uh, I am going to make certain in no uncertain terms uh, that you can count on me when the time comes. You need somebody that you can believe in? I'm going to make sure that I am worthy of your belief. In Scripture, throughout all of Scripture, deserts are places where God consistently provides for His people. And so if you find yourself in the desert and you're saying, God, why? Uh, maybe he knows something that you don't. And he wants to make sure that you make it to the finish. When God leads Israel into the desert, he sends a message unequivocally, I will provide for your needs. When the Israelites began uh, to clamor over and over to their leader Moses, hey, we're hungry, we need food. Maybe we should just go back to point A. God makes sure that all the people understand that He is trustworthy. And He says, uh, you need food? I'm going to make it rain food. You need water? I'm going to bring water from a rock. I'm going to make sure that you understand the kind of provision that I can give to you. If I am taking you into the desert, you can count on me. You can trust me. I am a God that is worthy of your belief. You need protection? I'm going to protect you. You need provision? I'm going to provide for you in ways that you can't begin to imagine. You remember it's in the desert, in this detour, that God brings the words of grace and truth to the people of Israel. He says, I'm going to reveal myself to you in a way that couldn't be possible unless we were in this place, unless you were ready to hear me. He says, I'm going to provide words of grace and truth to you so that you will know of all of my people how special you are, that you're chosen, you can trust me, and I am worthy of your belief. 
If you find yourself in the middle of life's detour, of places where God wants us to go but is taking us on an alternate route, you can know this. Just like Israel, He's going to take care of you. He's going to make sure that you understand that He's trustworthy, that He is worthy of the belief that you put in Him. The quickest route for us may take us through water that is full of mines. The quickest route may take us through uh, uh, water that is full of obstacles and it might derail our journey. We may not make it. And God in His grace and His favor to you and His blessing upon you is saying, I'm going to make sure that you reach the finish. But I'm going to give you an alternate route to get there. Maybe it is that new business and you're still in the basement of your house and and you're trying to make ends meet. And maybe the reason is that God sees something ahead. Oh, He wants to make sure that you get to point B, that this dream uh, that seems to be uh, confirmed with the gifting that He's given you is going to happen. But in the meantime, maybe He needs you to learn new skills. Or maybe you need some new connections. You need a network of people if this thing is really to get off the ground and God is just preparing the ground. Maybe it's that you are single and you long to be married, but before God lets you feel comfortable with that decision, He wants some things to be worked on first. Maybe He recognizes that for you, there's some issues that need resolving. Maybe there's some past wounds that need healing. Maybe, maybe there are wounds and issues that if you brought those into your marriage right now, uh, it would spell trouble. And God just simply reroutes your journey uh, momentarily to provide for you uh, the kind of marriage that everybody longs for. That, that He wants a long, secure, safe, and, and strong marriage. And He says, I'm going to take you on this alternate route right now so that you can work on some things to make sure that you reach the final destination. I can tell you for sure in our, in our mission to Nepal, I'm not here saying that I think God uh, caused the earthquake. I don't believe that. But I think that in the midst of it, God provided a loving detour in our experience so that we could care for people that He cares about. And maybe in the midst of all of this, our team was a little more cohesive than it would have been. And maybe if the plan is not changed, if we don't have to reroute uh, what we're doing, uh, we don't get to come alongside of people that are far from Jesus. Sometimes the best route is a detour. And God in His love and His wisdom puts one in our path so that we can understand. Now, you and I know that deserts are tough places. They can be lonely places. They can be places of discouragement where we're going along and we think, man, I I, I just want to stop. I don't want to do this journey anymore. I I don't want to continue to point B. I just want to die right here. I want to stop. Maybe this is a dumb idea. Maybe this is a crazy vision. Uh, Maybe this is a terrible plan. I'm not sure if I can keep going. And if you have been there, then you need to know uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is going to strengthen your journey. The question is how. 
Uh, the text really simply points to, uh, to two things, two reminders that God gives to us uh, when we're in the midst of the journey and we want to know, God, how are you going to sustain me for the long haul? How are you going to sustain me in the midst of the detour until I get to point B? Notice verse 19. It's a strange verse, really. I mean, we would never do this. Notice what it says. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones with you from this place. What? Okay, get, let me get this. So Moses, in, in the throng of two million people leaving Egypt, uh, everybody's super excited, no longer in tyranny. We're freed from slavery. We're heading to the destination. And God is, is ordaining people to carry a big box of bones? I mean, think about this for a minute. Think about what the teenagers are saying about those people that are carrying a coffin through the desert. And this seems really odd, doesn't it? And so the, the teenagers, they're snickering and they're, they're laughing and they're poking fun at those guys who are, are dead tired trying to carry this box of bones through the desert wherever Israel happens to be going. And they come back and they're talking to mom and dad and they're like, yeah, we saw these guys and they're, they're carrying this box of bones. And they say, oh, 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 you don't know the story, do you? Let me tell you, sit down. And they begin to unpack the story of Joseph. You see, Joseph had his own detour. And there he was with his brothers, and he gets sold into slavery, and he's in Egypt, right? And he becomes second in command through a whole variety of things in all of Egypt, and his brothers come, and there's a big family reunion, and that's how Israel ends up in Egypt. But Joseph already knows something that nobody else seems to know. Joseph already knows this is not our destination. Our destination, it's over there. This is not where we land. Our destination isn't the desert. Our destination isn't Egypt. And so when God delivers us, you've got to promise that when we go, I go with you. I might be a box of bones, but you take me. And everybody that's gathered around says, okay. And so here they are, carrying a box of bones through the desert. Now here's what all that means. Even as they march through the wilderness, even as they're in the midst of the detour, even as these guys are hot and sweaty carrying a big box of bones through the desert, it means wherever those box of bones go, it's going to point B. The destination isn't in the desert. Because Joseph said, I'm going to the promised land and you better take me. The box of bones was just a visual reminder to all of Israel. Anytime they caught glimpse of that box, it was God saying in a visual form, the destination isn't here. I'm going to take you there. So when you're ready to throw in the towel and you're discouraged and you want to stop and you want to quit and you want to die in the middle of the desert, uh, just find the reminder that God is giving to you. Look for the reminders that God is giving of His promise. 
You see, if God is in the destination, if God is in plan B, then he's going to give you a reminder. Maybe you are that new business owner and you want to make this thing work, uh, but it's not going the way you thought it would. Uh, But then one day, someone uh, on your webpage, they send this glowing review of all of all of your business practices. And they tell uh, people about how wonderful you are and how ethical you are and how this is a place to go and do that kind of business. And you think, wow, God, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me just a little bit of a glimpse to remind me that my destination doesn't end here. Maybe you're that person and, and you, you are, uh, you're single, but you don't want to be single. And then one day after church, maybe after this service, someone comes up to you and says, you know, I, I just want to remind you that you're a woman of impeccable character and someday a, a man is going to be lucky to have you. Maybe you're on a mission trip, let's say to Nepal. And it's difficult to grasp the magnitude of all that is happening. And there's people living in makeshift tents in the street. Imagine a city of 8 million people and no one's in their house. No one's in their home. Everybody's in the street. Everybody's making these little tents to try and uh, keep from the weather. And you're asking yourself, uh, God... What are we supposed to do? We're not professional relief workers. God, what can we do? And in all of that, you you happen to have the opportunity to go into a village and provide water and food and, and maybe a few tents and blankets. And you meet a young woman. Her name is Rashuta. And as she takes you to the village that is 90% destroyed, and you are literally walking over buildings that used to stand tall, a member of your team reaches out to Rashuta and says, Rashuta, you want to know why we're here? We're here because God cares for you. And then you watch as a, as a devout Hindu woman begins to cry. And it reminds you the destination doesn't end here. We're not going to just journey in the desert. God has plan B in mind. And He's going to give us a visual reminder of what that looks like. You see, when God is in the goal, when He is orchestrating plan B, when He encourages our journey, He reminds us of His promises but he also catapults us into his presence. When we were in Nepal, I think one of the, the, the crazy things in coming back and being there that we just, I have yet to fully grasp, to be honest with you. All of the texts, all of the Facebook posts, uh, all of the phone calls, all of the people are literally coming up to me. Like I, I go and I uh, work out at the Y and people are like coming up and hugging me. We were praying for you. I, I'm what? I don't even really know you. You barely know my name, and yet here you were, and you were praying, and, and this was a regular occurrence. 
People in the midst of the disaster needed an opportunity to come into God's presence. In the midst of our detour, detour, in the midst of something hard, in the midst of something tragic, God made His presence available. And you got to know, if you are in the middle of the, of the journey, and you're in the middle of the desert, and you feel discouraged, and you just want to stop, you got to know that God is giving you full-on access to His presence. Uh, recognize it in the text. Verse 21 and 22. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. And neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. God said, I am going to be with you. Uh, When it says, the text says that it was in front of the people, it was in front of them until they reached the, the end. You're in the middle of the detour. you got to understand. God is going to make His presence known to you in a tangible kind of way. And in this world, it looks like the church. And you have an opportunity to engage God's presence. And He's going to be with you until the destination is reached. This pillar of fire and cloud, it was for Israel in their detour. It was their compass for direction. It was their protection from harm. It was their nightlight and their shade tree, their alarm clock, their champion. And sometimes it was their attitude adjuster. In the midst of the detour, it was just a constant reminder the desert wasn't where this thing was going to end. In the middle of your detour, in the middle of the desert, know that God is going to make Himself accessible to you. He will be your nightlight. He will be your compass. He will be your champion. And maybe even your attitude adjuster. He's going to guide and lead and protect and encourage. So hang in there. God's going to be with you. Your journey doesn't end here. Sometimes the best route is a detour. And along the way, God's going to give us reminders of His promises and His presence. Sometimes the best route is a detour. And we need to go. I sat for a while trying to look at this text and say, where does this lead us? What's the verb? What's the thing that we stick in our pocket and we write down as we walk out the door? It's one word, really. Follow. (laughs) That's it. You find yourself in a detour. You think you're at point A and God is leading you to point B through an alternate route. Your job is to follow. Maybe you're that person that just doesn't feel like like there is a point B. That you're just on a detour. That you're just out there. Your job is to follow. Your job is to seek godliness, to put yourself in a life position where you're consistently dependent on Him. You don't know where plan B is, you follow just the same. You're trying to figure out if this is a detour or a distraction. Your job is to follow. 
If it leads to conformity to any pattern that the world has, then you know this is a distraction. If it leads to transformation because of your life being challenged to be dependent on God, then you know it's a detour. And your job is to follow. If you're in the midst of, if you're in the midst of it and you know where point B is, well, you already know the answer. Follow. Follow Him in the detour. Follow Him because He's trustworthy. Follow Him because he, He's going he's gonna to provide for your needs. He's going to prepare you, equip you, protect you. He is trustworthy. Follow Him. Let's pray. Gracious God, You're good. I thank You for Your goodness. I pray for everyone within reach of my voice. I pray that I will follow. I pray they will follow too. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.